Tonight's the night. I think I got a cold. I want to give a shout out to one of our wonderful listeners, uh, Cecily. Cecily. Yeah, Cecily. That's it. Uh, she's apparently uh, really loves the show, has maybe even listened to some episodes twice, which is what the way you're supposed to listen to this show. And has gotten into Star Wars after listening yes. to our solo episode from the beginning, from A New Hope. Yes. And so, Cecily, when. Thank you. When, not if, when. We get Mott's t-shirts. I think we will send you one. Oh, wow. That's a teaser right there. I was going to lay That's it out. That's great. Hey, Stephen, yes. can I get one too? Am I able yes. to get on the shipping yes, order? I, I hope to get one as well. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Perfect. A couple other quick things. Uh, it was your birthday recently, and uh, happy belated birthday. I actually hung out with the Robles family on my birthday. That's right. That's right. You tried hoverboard for the first time. It went poorly, and then, uh, we don't have the recording of this, I don't think, but then it went better. It did go better, but if you'd like to see Nate's very first attempt <laughs> at Hoverboard, go to our Instagram, at Movies on the Side, and you can enjoy that gold. Steven also treated me to delivery Chipotle on my birthday, and <laughs> Brewster's ice cream, cake batter ice cream, which was excellent as well, which I topped with cookie dough. Like sprinkles. <laughs> like sprinkles. All right, two other quick things. In one of our previous episodes, I think we were joking about the kind of articles you see online, like titled, What Disney Princess Are You? Yes. And you snuck in Ariel <laughs> as though you were answering the question. And, and when we were recording, it obviously just slipped by me. But is, is that the Disney princess you are claiming to be? No, not my actual answer. Uh, I'd oh, love to take the test and figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. I actually hope that I don't get Ariel. She seemed uh, pretty much gullible, and but maybe a little Enneagram 70 that maybe <laughs> does fit with me. But I would hope to be more uh, akin to maybe a Belle or uh, mm -hmm. Ismerida, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd hope for Jasmine, but that's just me. Anyway... A final piece of follow-up, unless you have anything. But no, I love, I love how you're cruising through these. Like yeah, checklists. cruising through these. It's the very last thing before we before we get to this movie. My wife made homemade potato fries the other day, mm. and due to some nutritional needs lately, we have no ketchup in the house. And I had the fleeting yes. idea. Yes, yes. To squeeze some Duke's mayonnaise onto my plate. Please tell me you did it. And Nate, I ate those fries with mayonnaise. And? It was pretty good. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty good. And it made me consider not using ketchup in the future. And I have to say, I've had Chick-fil-A fries a couple times recently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I preferred the Chick-fil-A sauce. Of course, of course. Yes. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Chick-fil-A sauce goes well with those little waffle, waffle dudes. And when we have more time, and when maybe we get the uh, bro, did you see this guys on back on the show? Has sent an article about the top French fries from the different chains. Yes, it seems like a very important topic. Yeah, all kind of graphed on a is is there a name for that graph that has like an X and Y axis and it, four yeah, quadrants? It's a continuum. Yeah, something about texture and consistency and all that kind of stuff. It's very. I didn't important. understand the graph, but I liked the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to talk about that sometime soon. The movie we watched today is called God's Not Dead. Now, <laughs> you... <laughs> this is tough, because in, in case you didn't know, Nate and I are professing Christians. Yes. And so this is supposed to be a movie that we gravitate towards, or at the very least, you know, put out there as like, hey, go watch this, because this, this represents something that, <laughs> that we hold to. If you are a, 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 not a Christian listening to this episode... I want you to know that we, we're going to try and approach this the best we can in an objective, reviewing way. Right. And still be funny about how we talk about it. And also, it's not going to be a, a lot of faith talk, but I think you know, this, this is supposedly a feature film, and we're going to talk about it as such. Right. And that might point out some bad parts, too. To those who are Christians listening to this. Keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> thank you. I, wanna, I want you to keep this in mind, too. Like, 
we have talked about movies that may not be great in quality on this podcast before. If this is the first episode you've ever listened to, <laughs> maybe, maybe go back and listen to our Aquaman episode or our core episode or some of the many or other- Or Me Before You, our yeah, most listen, popular episode. Very, very popular episode. But we've, right. talked about, we've talked about bad movies on this podcast and laughed at the parts that were bad about it because they are not good in a quality standpoint. In, in a piece of art that claims to be a feature film. And so, hmm. we're going to do that here. And if, again, if you are a Christian, we're going to do our best not to be irreverent, but still talk about this movie because in, in a, again, a j- objective way. You're doing great. Nate, this is so, <laughs> so like, okay, it's tough, I, it's tough. I kind of want to, yeah, I kind of want to echo everything you said. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in for it. It is... It feels like, I think I texted this to you uh, at some point in time, it feels like reviewing your own mom's meatloaf. <laughs> like, it, it really is, uh, my mom doesn't make a whole lot of meatloaf, so I can say this. Right, but, right. I mean, like, we want to be, uh, every review I've seen has either been, like, super, like, this movie is hot garbage, uh, and there are a lot of Christian reviews that say, like, this movie is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We're going to try to walk. I don't know if it's a tightrope with fire. I think emote. I think it's a razor, a razor's edge <laughs> that is balancing on a tightrope with like an Indiana Jones snake pit underneath. Right, and we were born for this because we're going to. We're just going to tackle this. We're going to run across the tightrope like me uh, on that hoverboard. Yes, we we are the unicycling bear <laughs> on this razor's I'll edge. I'll be on your shoulders with a, an umbrella. I do want to say this at the front. This movie takes the stance or, or is trying to cover a topic that's called apologetics, which in Christian theology is how to defend and talk about faith in Jesus Christ from a standpoint of morality and evidence and science. And there are actually great theologians and there's lots of great work being done in this field. And I think at the root of it, if you hear anything that might sound irreverent, it comes from a place of frustration. Because for me personally, that's a topic that I'm passionate about and, and have studied. And when it is surrounded by things that might not make it well-received sure. by skeptics, sure, sure. That, that's the part that's frustrating. Yeah, you really have to... I mean, we are, we are being somewhat critical at times because we care so much about the message. Like, I truly believe that like messages of the redemption of Jesus and the like message of God's love for the world is a great and wonderful thing to hear. And I think both of us are like, bring it. Yeah. This movie got 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a, which is a low score. And there's two reviews that I want to read briefly. Yes. The first, the first one is from AV club. I don't know what that is, but uh, <laughs> the review gave it a very low rating. And it, it says, even by the rather lax standards of the Christian film industry, God's not dead is a disaster. Now, Leaving aside the God's Not Dead is a disaster line, one of the frustrations in general is that it seems like there's a rather lax standard when it comes to the Christian film industry. Right. That's just, again, budget and talent and who's in these movies. You know, I understand all those factors, but it is annoying that that is a perception, probably a, a truthful statement concerning the film industry of Christian movies. Absolutely. And the second review is from Variety says the almighty deserves better advocacy than he gets in this typically ham-fisted christian campus melodrama and that again i think echoes my sentiment that yes if we are being representatives of god and trying to offer good arguments for why belief in god is reasonable sure then this is not the best foot forward sure we'll say well i but i will slightly contend with a couple of those statements because this movie God's Not Dead does improve upon some lower standards from earlier Christian movies like as far as like sure. production value and like actors I feel like they bring in actors in this one who can actually act which I think is great and I, th- I mean we grew up in church culture so I definitely saw some pretty hokey movies where you could tell like okay this is the director's son and this is the director's daughter and this is someone who know like this is this pastor from that church 
So I like that in this movie, although it's a low standard that it's working up towards, it really does have some elements that I feel like have been improved over the years. Do you agree with that? Or is that a... I, I being... No, I do. I do. And I think we might get into some rough areas soon. So let us <laughs> talk about... Let us say the good things. All right. Let's do it. Fair and balanced. If you are a Christian listening, this is the... the listen in. <laughs> Remember the words we say. Remember the good times. Remember this when we talk about other things. All right. Okay. Let's, let's go back and forth here. The pastor, known as Rev Dave in Rev Dave. the text messages, <laughs> while his hairstyle leaves something to be desired, his, his overall like involvement in the movie with the whole rental car issue, picking up the missionary, kind of figuring out like, man, he wishes he was out in the trenches, like serving God in a real flashy way. And it turns out yeah. like he's actually very useful because the rental car doesn't leave the place. And him and the missionary actually like do great work right in his own home church. And he kind of like his whole arc, pretty cool. I think their whole story, well, if you feel strange that it cuts to them back and forth, they seem like they have good yeah. chemistry together. Seem like a cool part of the movie. Yeah. And I think, again, I want to say this as a positive thing, but it works into a frustration is that there's a lot of characters in this movie. Like there's a lot of characters that I think all had the potential to have great stories. And, you know, one of the things about that Rev Dave, like, we never see him in a church preaching. Like, we never see a church service. Right. And I think a scene like that to bring some of these characters together might have helped. Mm-hmm. But to that end, also, like, there's a lot of deep moments uh, in this film, like, throughout. There's, there's a lot of emotionally charged, and I think done fairly well. Like, there's a scene where there's a, a Muslim girl, a daughter. She is found listening to Franklin Graham and professes that she believes in Jesus Christ to her father. For a Muslim family, that's a very serious, serious excommunicating yeah. type belief. And there's a very intense scene of the father throwing her out of the house. And that is a real thing. That's something that happens in the world where right. you know sons and daughters are thrown out of the family because of that change in faith. And it was heavy. I mean, it was, it was almost uncomfortable with how uh, intense it was. And there's a couple scenes like that where the emotions are definitely pulled. There are those moments it's just hard to to feel the full cathartic effect of those moments when there's not a ton of development in a lot of the characters. Sure. Yes. If you were to take yeah snippets of them and put 30-second clips together of like the real emotional moments, I think by themselves in a vacuum, they're like, okay, this is a heavy uh, emotion-inducing scene. And I think there are about five of them in this movie that I feel like by themselves... Uh, with no groundwork laid for them are done well. I mean, we'll get to the like tying them all together into a cohesive story, right? And then, honestly, I don't even know how you could do it. Like there were so many. There's a lot of threads again. All those characters. Yeah. Okay. So all right, I will uh, find the positive in it. They were ambitious when it came to the <laughs> amount of things they wanted to do in this movie. Yeah. Uh, definitely yeah. ambitious in that point. Okay, do you have any other uh, positive statements? <laughs> Anything else for the jury? Uh, I liked the Chinese exchange student. I thought he was uh, cool. Yes, uh, uh, IMDb goof, because you actually brought this up. We watched this movie together, Yes, and uh, you watched it with our family, and that was an <laughs> interesting, fun experience. Yes. Uh, IMDb goof. The Chinese student, Martin Yip, spoke Cantonese on the phone to his father in China. The father spoke Mandarin oh, in return. No. <laughs> and these are two entirely different and mutually oh. unintelligible dialects. Bummer. Like, that's a detail, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you got to get that one. Yeah, budget or not, like, you know, call somebody. Call right. somebody who speaks. Right, but right. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, to the, to the Christian listeners, prepare yourself. And again, listen to our other episodes. Picture Stephen putting on a hard hat right now. <laughs> <laughs> putting on gloves <laughs> putting on like a hockey goalie outfit for, for the not christian listeners out there they're like i don't get it what's going on so this movie centers around the main character i already forget his name joss whedon it's josh whedon but it sounds so much like joss whedon yeah yeah so he is a freshman college student and it centers around him in this philosophy 101 elective class where his teacher 
requires everyone in the class to write on a sheet of paper. First day. On the first, first day, 10 minutes. It says, write down God is dead on this sheet of paper and sign it with your name and then hand it in so we can move past this silly belief that there's this magical wizard in the sky. And so everyone in the class writes this down. I, I feel like even in today's culture, someone else probably would have a problem with that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Again, th- this movie is a very obviously Christian perspective, but you know there are other religions out there, <laughs> and and surely like there would probably be someone else there that'd be like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I'm pretty sure on the first day of class, if someone made me sign any like statement on a piece of paper and turn it in, I'd be like, "Oh, this is an FBI sting operation." Like, <laughs> no, no, this is like you're yeah. collecting evidence of something. Yeah. Uh, a couple quick points. The the opening credits are in Trajan Pro, which is uh, <laughs> nailed it. Every, every, I think every church series in the '90s was in early 2000s yeah. used that font. Well, this is trendy 2014 font, uh, right? And, and I have some serious problems with the technology timeline in this movie. There's a lot of old iBooks and iPod Nanos. You stopped me a lot in this movie and said, "Like, <laughs> this is 2014. You wouldn't be using that." That's right. That's right. So I have a lot of problems with that. But again, $2 million budget. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. So whatever you had lying around. And so uh, the Josh Whedon, we, I don't know. The, the Josh, Josh Whedon. The, the, the Josh Whedon. The, he says, I'm not going to write this down. I believe in God. And so the professor challenges him, says, well, I will give you the next three classes. You'll have 20 minutes to make your case. And the class will decide. And I think actually Josh is the one that suggests Let's let right. the class vote. The professor says, like, I will decide, and then I will fail you for 30% of this class. Right. Which is <laughs> ludicrous. But, okay, cool. Oh, <laughs> right. he's played by Kevin Sorbo as well, who, for those yes. who are Kevin Sorbo fans, he uh, played Hercules back from 95 to 99. Yes. So if you've seen his face before, and he's a special guest on Psych, and I like that TV show, so. Okay, very, very good. <laughs> And so this Josh takes up the challenge, the movie ensues yes. where he prepares. Okay, and, and, yeah. okay, let's get to Go the ahead. part. So Josh is immediate. Okay, we see him as super nice guy. He was very, you know, very respectful, not like crazy. You know, just like I can't write this down. Just says it to Kevin Sorbo. Extremely subdued, I would say. Subdued. Uh, I think he's just kind of the. Melba Toast, uh, protagonist <laughs> of this story. Like he, he's supposed right. to be the, I think the the fill-in, the avatar for all. I'm guessing if you're a 55 year old um, Christian parent who's watching this, he is the kid you want your kid to be in college. Right, right. Um, to respectfully disagree. Exactly, and he has a girlfriend for, <sighs> say with me now, six years. Six years, Nate. This. <laughs> This is where, I mean, this happens very early in the movie, right after that first classroom scene, and things quickly go off the rails. So there's a couple things in the dialogue that, that they allude to, like, oh, six years, they're celebrating their anniversary on this yep. day. Yep, they're, when they started dating when they were 12. Their youth groups collided six years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. which, again, it's one of those things where it's so clearly Christian lingo right. in so much of this movie that... They almost said, kiss dating goodbye. There was like, right. there was almost Joshua. a Joshua Harris. <laughs> he was hiding behind a tree. She gets super angry that he is wanting to stand up for his belief in God. Oh, man. And it, it seems so strange that so apparently they, they were in youth group for the past six years, uh, alluding to that she is also a Christian. Right. But somehow wants to guilt him into spending time on this project, which literally would only take three weeks. Like, Are you playing that clip now? Is that clip happening right I'm, now? I am literally going to play an extended portion of this conversation. <laughs> Josh, please tell me you haven't been spending all your time on that philosophy thing. Not all of it. Okay. Most of it. Josh, that's not funny. It's really not. You need to prioritize and decide who's the most important person in your life. Me? Professor Radisson. What if it's God? God wants you with me. Okay. So it's the same answer. Josh. Josh, this yeah. is serious. No. You did it, didn't you? 
What? You know what I'm talking about. You went and did your argument, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. What were you trying to prove? I'm not even sure there are words to describe what I'm feeling right now. I'm sorry, Josh, but it's over between us. That's it? What, it's just, it's over? It's over, Josh. She is so angry that he is doing his research to challenge a professor. It, they are freshmen in college, and she's like, if you fail this humanities class, I mean, kiss law school goodbye. Where I would say she was being dramatic, but later when Kevin Sorbo talks about what he's going to do to Josh, if Josh continues this fight, maybe she wasn't overreacting. Kevin Sorbo later says to Josh... If you keep going this way, I will make it my personal miss mission to basically destroy your career. And he also like makes fun of him for being pre-law. He's like, we don't even give away degrees for that. Like, I thought, yeah, why would you make fun yeah. of someone who's like going to go to law school? And, and I wrote down, you're a philosophy professor, and you're like, oh, law, how dare <laughs> that, you? That opening scene of Kevin Sorbo talking to the class, for however unrealistic his ask would be in today's culture. I believed him. Like I thought he was fine. I thought he was going to be one of the stronger actors in the movie. I mean, he can definitely scene. act. This is this we right. know. But then after after the first defense that Josh gives to the class, he like assaults him basically <laughs> in the hallway. Yeah. Like grabs him by the shoulder and spins him around and like threatens him. And it's like this this is very strange. And and this is one of the themes in the movie. <laughs> where all the non-Christian characters are shown in a caricature light of yes. that they're just horrible, terrible, terrible people. Make this clear. In that classroom, there is a God, and yet I'm him. I'm also a jealous God, so do not try to humiliate me in front of my students. You know, I also checked up on your declared major one, pre-law. What exactly is pre-law? We don't award degrees in that. Don't bother answering. But know this, if you truly feel a need to continue with this charade, I will make it my personal mission to destroy any hope of a law degree in your future. Okay, so right after this scene we just heard, this is when you call the authorities, right? This is mm, when... You would think. If, <laughs> you, or you go to the dean and you say, listen, yeah, uh, this guy's trying to ruin my career. Right. Yeah. Has literally said he will. Kevin Sorbo is basically one, only one element of a multifaceted story that they try to weave all together through family relations and things. He's awful angry a lot of the time. And not only is he uh, mad at Josh a lot, he's also not a great boyfriend to... Her name eludes me. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it's the sister of Dean Kane. That's right. Uh, Miss Kane. Right. <laughs> Miss Kane. Uh, but as you said before, like he is uh, a caricature of a philosophy professor. He's, if you, <laughs> he's sort of like if you took a hundred of them and kind of mashed them together in sort of uh, maybe the most intimidating, intense, glowering way, I think you have this man, Kevin Sorbo. Who? Mm acts well i mean i like his acting throughout the whole movie yeah i think he just becomes less and less believable after <laughs> that that first scene not you know just because the the lines he's reading in the and the temperature that he's saying things in again it just seems exaggerated right it definitely falls away from logic to kind of emotional yelling that i seems like it's awful quick for him to basically be like yeah, and I understand like the frustration. Like they were again part part of the frustration in the movie is that Josh, the main character, in some of his dissertations has actually decent points. They come across as these soundbite like social media quips, and right. they just anger the philosopher. You know, there are points there. Again, I don't. Our listeners may not have seen these kinds of things, but if you go on YouTube, there are actual like three-hour debates between right. Christian apologists and atheists. There's a debate with Richard Dawkins and William Lane Craig, uh, Christopher Hitchens and William Lane Craig, and like 
a bunch of a bunch of other guys, Gary Habermas and other guys. It's not about delivering zingers. It's they're actually like having very intelligent debates, right? And, and there's a reason why these debates are literally three hours long <laughs> and not and not a, a few minutes. And again, like the challenge, taking up the challenge to try and portray that in a two-hour movie, along with sure character development, like that is a, a large task. And again, might not even be able to be done well. But maybe if you were to focus on the dramatization of preparing for an actual debate like that, you know, there's great movies about spelling bees and like debate clubs and things like that. Right. And maybe about the drama of that part. And again, it's hard to make those debates. Again, if you go watch them, it's hard to make it exciting because like one dude talks for 10 minutes. Right. And then the other dude talks for 10 minutes. Like there's not usually like arguing back and forth. Uh, it's just presenting an argument. So yeah, it's not like how like a Law and Order courtroom scene where someone's like is yelling at the witness like <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you said he was wearing a blue jacket yesterday. It's really yeah. a red. <laughs> There's not that kind of drama in it. And so yeah, you do. If you're trying to make a movie that is interesting, it would be again challenging. And maybe that's why this movie it is is hard to to believe that part of it. It's hard to do that. Like it is it is hard. But anyway, right. I I think we can both clearly say like the apologetics like you talked about earlier. The apologetics in this movie are ramped up to kind of a a social media uh type-esque sort of thing that I think we both find I mean you are much more plugged into this this world but not necessarily helpful in creating new dialogue between people who do and do not believe in Jesus. It feels like this more feels like what you post on a Facebook wall to get uh, a lot of crazy comments, or what your aunt and your and your yeah. aunt's friends uh, go on for in the whole thread about. And one of the things, so he has three main dissertations in front of the class because uh, that's what the philosophy, the teacher gave him. You know, you have three classes to try and prove that God exists. Gives him his whole podium. Gives him his whole setup. He gives, he gives everything. The first one, there is like he gives a good explanation. Josh, the character, gives an explanation of stuff, and the teacher actually has a rebuttal that that Josh doesn't have an answer for. And that's sure. real. Like you would have that. Right. And I I almost wish there was actually more of that. If you're trying to be really convincing in a movie, you might leave out some of the good arguments for atheism because you're not trying to explain that. But it almost feels less realistic that this kid in weeks 2 and 3 has completely shut down arguments to this tenured philosophy teacher <laughs> and you know, he just wipes right. the floor with him. And oh, we forgot to mention the his PowerPoints get super elaborate. Oh man, there are moving <laughs> images. Yeah, there's like a video three hundred sixty degree pan through a woods in the background. He literally has like a big big bang like animation that yeah, it's incredible. That those deserve an Oscar. I'll tell you like that that's an amazing PowerPoint uh, for a freshman. Maybe that's why he's been, he's been working on it very diligently for three weeks after he no longer has a girlfriend. But listen, with all those old iBooks and all the technology problems, I don't buy it. You ain't making that with an iPod <laughs> Nano. So anyway. Let's jump, because it jumps around a lot, but let's jump to just a couple other stories. Uh, I'm going to lump uh, the Chinese exchange student um, and the girl from the Muslim family uh, and a little bit of um, the reporter who is dating Dean Kane, a.k.a. Superman who is like the worst person right. in the world. Those yeah. three, not a whole lot of time is spent on them, but they really are supposed to carry a bunch of emotional weight in them. Yeah. I don't think any of those really hit the mark. I actually wish that those probably weren't involved. Like I would be like, like just what we talked about. I'd be much more happy with a, let's talk about this debate. Let's work on this philosophy person. Uh, not even bring yeah. Dean Kane into it. No, without giving it the time it takes, and without making these people feel like real people, they instead feel like stereotypes of people right. who typically aren't Christians. And I don't think that is fair to an audience that is supposed to be a mix of people who do and right. do not believe. And I think you know, if they did focus on Dean Kane and his mom who has dementia. You could be really nuanced and oh, sure. pull up a, a lot of deep emotions in that kind of interaction. But when you try to stuff so many into a single movie, you get like the snap to grid problem where you put these characters in there and they're just going to snap to whatever the most extreme version of they are because you don't have time to develop that kind of nuance. 
where like what does dementia do to a family <laughs> when the kids are trying to care for their mom and the mom doesn't remember who they are like that's a deep right. that's a deep emotion to just try and throw <laughs> i think literally it was only three scenes oh man with with the mom two of them kind of flippant and then one like hyper deep scene where she goes into the monologue about the jail cell it's like right it's it's hard it's hard to do that in a little amount of time absolutely this movie does not do a great job at portraying people as like i'm I'm gonna get deep for just a second go people having (laughs) people having selfish and like sinful part of them to put it like a christianese word on it people still at least outwardly try to do good things or we'll call them like moral things although they do it in you know imperfectly and but if you don't have a whole lot of time all you get to show is their like super bad way does that make sense like for example dean kane we go to the restaurant uh scene can we play the clip of uh the journalist telling him (laughs) her news i think i have cancer Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? I have cancer. This couldn't wait until tomorrow. What? How can you say that to me? I thought you loved me. I do. But you're changing our agreement. You make it sound like a contract negotiation well what did you think this was i thought it was love grow up amy no one responds that way (laughs) like it's just it's in it's inhumane it's inhumane and it's it's so inhumane that it no longer he's no longer a human he's a a comic book villain at that point right exactly and and to be clear even though nate and i are christians we have friends who are not (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, I don't know any of them that would treat someone else that way. Again, if the purpose of the movie is to appeal mm-hmm. to an audience that maybe they will at least ask the question about God existing after they see this, those kinds of choices creatively, sure. I think, are, are hurting the cause rather than helping. I would imagine that if you watched this movie and were not a Christian at all, you would potentially look at this and say, "Where, like, we all try to find ourselves in movies as characters, right?" And if, and if you were a professional businessman like right. Dean Kane, <laughs> business, like, business, money, money, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stocks, dividends, salaries, yeah. payroll, portfolios, portfolios, it would be hard to like come into this movie and be like, "Oh, I guess I get it. That's me, the worst dude in the world." And it's, it would yeah. be hard to see yourself as someone who, like, Dean Cain doesn't come around to, like, even, like, think about God. He's sort of just, like, money, money, fast cars. As you were saying that, you know, you want to find yourself in the movie, your character, I, w- I would really be curious. And, you know, you can email us, podcast at moviesontheside.com, and we will not mm-hmm. tell anybody who you are or whatever. But I really am curious. Like, if you are not a Christian and you see a trailer for this kind of movie, or you hear this movie being talked about amongst Christians while it's in theaters or out sure. rental or whatever, do you have any desire to see it? Is there any curiosity or not? What is the general feeling about it? Like, yeah. you obviously know this is a Christian movie. <laughs> For Christians, by Christians. Right, and you could probably ascertain that the idea of this movie is that you will become a Christian at the end. Like, that's probably what this movie is hoping for. Right. And so as a non-Christian, seeing this movie in the culture, what is the general feeling about it? Like, I, I would really genuinely like to know, because if this is actually going to be an effective form of art in portraying a faith that is reasonable to believe, like, I would like to, to know, like, what is right. it that would make people actually want to go see it? Anyway, podcast at <laughs> moviesontheside.com. You've seen the science and the arguments. Science supports his existence. You know the truth. So why do you hate him? Why? It's a very simple question, Professor. Why do you hate God? Because he took everything away from me. The scene where the student gives his final defense 
Mm. Basically does, you know, pushes the professor to get angry and admit that he hates God. Gives a you can't handle the truth kind of moment. Right. And the student says, how can you hate someone that doesn't exist? And again, it's a very quaint and, you know, a social media type line. The Chinese student stands up uh, apropos of nothing. You know, they don't take the vote. They don't ask anything. He just stands up and says, you know, I believe in God. And then literally every other student in the class stands up and says the same thing, except for one. No, I think they always say God's not dead. I think they say the movie title. <laughs> right, they say the movie title, God's not dead. And in the IMDb, there's there's one student you see in the scene that doesn't stand up. Uh-huh. And apparently during during filming, the actor got stuck in the seat and wasn't able to stand up. So that's Oh no, they, he was supposed yeah, to stand too? He was supposed to stand up. And apparently there was a, uh, a chair malfunction. Oh, no. So it was supposed to be every single person in the in the class stood up which again on a realistic level like it doesn't feel like it would actually happen but no 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 quick 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 soapbox moment this the whole like it goes back and forth with the student and the professor having these kind of debates sort of thing let me just say as a soapbox the kind of discussion that people can have about god i think could be like really cool thought-provoking you can disagree and basically talk through stuff, which would be one great way to do it, you know, like in real life. But this movie uses kind of social media uh, way about it where it almost frames it like, listen, dear Christians, you're going to need to like really stump the atheist and give them a good zinger that leaves them quiet because right. like, and it's going to be, it's going to be angry and it's going to be crazy and like that kind of like gotcha debate in real yeah. life not useful for anyone no and that's what this movie like kind of uh, posits as like this is the ideal our protagonist you know starts off meek and meager but then at the end is yelling at the professor like why do you hate right. god where are right. the drugs right. i'm batman i i do want to hear you what you have to say about this though but the 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 climax of the movie is the professor finally recon- he reconsiders maybe his worldview and he tries to find his girlfriend who breaks up with him in this awkward scene in the middle of the mm-hmm. university, mm-hmm. you know, embarrass him. And so he's running to this Newsboys concert because <laughs> that's where all the Christians are in this town. At this By point. the way, this movie is a two hour long Newsboys music video, but that's, that's right. fine. As the professor's going towards the stadium, he gets hit by a car. The pastor that we've seen sporadically throughout this movie, which... Who's a producer for Pure Flix, uh, discovered. Okay. Uh, the pastor happens to be there as soon as, right where he gets hit and leads him to Christ in his dying moment. And immediately after the professor dies, which again is a heavy scene, we cut to the Newsboys concert where oh, Duck boy. Dynasty guy oh, boy. comes on screen and basically bashes this professor that just died. Like we're supposed to like not, I guess, feel bad that he just died. Right. Because Duck Dynasty guy's like, yeah, I heard there's been some professor giving people a hard time. Like, yeah, the guy that just got hit by a car? <laughs> yes. Like, you sound a little insensitive right now. Like, the movie understands, like, that he just died. But right. this line. And, th- and then he tells everybody to take out their phone and text literally everyone in their contacts. Oh, my goodness. Apropos of nothing again, that God's not dead. The title of the movie. I have, I have strong thoughts on this. One of them being to text someone without any context god's not dead it feels like a taken scenario it feels like uh, without any context <laughs> what you know someone would respond with like are you okay like is this a code word for something right because if i were to text i don't know if i was going to text someone random and i said i just want to let you know steven robles from movies on the side is not a mongoose <laughs> that's right Right. The, your first thought is, I, what, are people saying he's a mo- is Is that the rumor that he's a mongoose? So I think using the statement, God's not dead, is sort of, you know, unless you're responding to Nietzsche. Right, directly. And, his, his, and he's like, bro, God's dead. And you're like, right, new you're phone, like, who dis? And then right. he says, Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche. And then, and then you respond hey, with, hey, Siri, text Nietzsche. <laughs> tell him god's not dead dead. in that case that context makes sense so one it's a weird thing it's a weird thing to text to someone number two even in the movie the movie is supposed to make you believe that by doing this you are going to either convince someone uh, to become a christian or to contemplate god and jesus or 
you are going to like start a conversation. In the right. movie, the texts aren't they don't work. <laughs> they right, right. you know the, the characters that get them uh Dean Kane throws his phone in the back of his sports car and drives off. The Mandarin speaking father from the Cantonese son uh, gets it and he's not happy either. So even in the right. movie, I don't think the texts are really serve the purpose that you think they will. Right. And that's something my children wanted to do it immediately. And right. it was 11, it was 11 o'clock oh, at night. The movie told you to do it. I know. And they were, they want to do it. And we had to say like, Hey, don't text your friends now. It's 11 o'clock. And even when they did the next morning, it was like, what, what? <laughs> like there was literally confused responses. Like, okay, what's up? Yeah. You know? Cool. 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 So, and those are from Christians that right. they still didn't get it. I think it, it all goes to like the ending of this movie, the whole like texting people, like it, there really is a prompt to like text people, you know, God's not dead. I, it's unfortunate because I think the good version of God's not dead is more of a thought provoking, like, Hey, start a conversation with someone who doesn't believe in God. Or if you don't believe in God, send a text message to four, one, four, one, four, one. And we'd yeah. love to give you some resources or something. Yeah, for real. Again, this is one of the reasons why, to argue this kind of stuff on social media doesn't work. Right. There's a, a short form communication and like social media and texting. It does not lend itself to this kind of stuff. Again, there's a reason why the debates on YouTube are three hours long. Right. It is, you have to unpack a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, you, it may open a door. There's a small chance, but it seems weird. It seems right. weird. Well, right before we get to the, I know you want to get to the re- reviewing or rating this movie that's right but, yes but i want to say one last thing is that i think god's not dead they have a confused um a confused way of figuring out what they want their movie to be and i think uh, both of us get the sneaking suspicion as christians that this movie is more about more of a pep rally for fellow christians and not really accessible if you're not in it like i feel like it was made for us does that make sense but that yes. it says that it's not like by by very nature of apologetics it's right inherently not meant for us but it's not incredibly accessible you agree with that yeah no i agree no i do and when it comes to apologetics there is a purpose to it to build the faith of someone who is already a christian sure and so there could there could be purpose to that where a christian sees this movie hears some of the arguments and was like i didn't even know you could talk about god in this way and okay, that, kind of a wet your whistle kind of thing. Yeah, and if that instigates more study or whatever in, in Christian apologetics, like that's great, and, and that is possible. Yes. Again, I think it was, it was more trying to skew to skeptics, and again, for like what you're saying, it, it does not seem like it's serving that audience as well. Right, right, right. But, but I would like to tell our, all our listeners, all listeners, take out your cell phone, <laughs> and I want you to text every contact you have mayonnaise on hot dogs no 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 <laughs> No! don't no. do that please do not do that do <laughs> not do that but uh i wouldn't be mad if you did either I mean, but if you do but also uh, screenshot in- it and tweet it <laughs> and movies on the side on twitter yeah just include movies on the when you do that at least they'll get some context but anyway let's review let's rate i keep saying review let's rate it i don't know we've been re- we've been reviewing this whole time but we're gonna rate yes. this movie and we're gonna rate it on a scale of zero to five iPod Nanos, which are non-canonical for 2015 <laughs> or 2014 or whenever this movie came out. Non-canonical. Mm-hmm. On a scale of zero to five iPod Nanos. Nate, Whew. how do you rate this movie? Steven? <laughs> you want me to go first? No. I'm, I'm okay. just... Okay. I'm going to give this movie... Uh, one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Uh, as far as like, compare it to other Christian movies, it's not terrible. Although I do want to say the Kendrick Brother movies are getting better. Are getting better. better. Getting better. Getting better. better. I, yes. I truly believe as a Christian in the art world that our, <laughs> our art should be great on its own merit and the uh, not sacrifice quality. Right. So I'm I'm pro movies that are made by Christians getting better. I'm also pro them telling more cohesive stories. Uh, so I'm pro all that. This movie 
is not very cohesive. The script right. is not great. The acting's okay, but all in all, like I probably wouldn't watch it again. Fun yeah. to review with you. So yeah, <laughs> but yes, fun. one and a half. Well, you know what, Nate? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just straight agree with you. I'm gonna go one point <laughs> five as well. And part part of the because you want to be in the exact same boat as me. Yes, I, listen, I, we're <laughs> in this together, Nate. Both of our names are on this podcast. Picture us in a cardboard boat, just paddling. <laughs> Again, the frustration of knowing what this movie is, the information this movie is trying to portray in a dramatic way, mm-hmm. and packaging it in a way that is not palatable and not enjoyable, that is a frustration for me personally. Being passionate about these topics, I would not recommend this movie <laughs> to a non-Christian. Sure. I would not yes. I would not suggest you watch this movie if you're an atheist or agnostic or anything else. Like I I do not think I would love to have said this is the point of entry for someone who doesn't know anything about Christianity. Say go and watch this movie. You will enjoy it and you will might learn something. I would have loved to have said that. And what? and it is very very far away from that. And right. that, and that is that is the frustration for me personally. Sure. Sure. To talk about Christian apologetics again. If you want to tune out a little bit, that's fine. But I just want to say, like, I... I Stephen's very smart and passionate about apologetics. <laughs> I love this area PS. of study. I literally teach it at a Bible college, and I have studied it. I wanted to pursue a master's in this. And there are great arguments when it comes to the existence of God. You could talk about Leibniz's argument from contingency, the Kalam cosmological argument, the teleological argument, which is the argument from fine-tuning. You can talk about the moral argument, the objective morality. You can talk about pain and suffering in a way that can it exist and God exists. And not only that, there are ways to talk about the New Testament and the gospel books from a historical perspective. And that's something, even looking back, like they didn't address that in the movie at all. Like they didn't talk about Jesus Christ as a person and what we can know about him and what can we ascertain from the historical events. And so there are there are such good arguments that I would love for people to Look up, and I'll include links to a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of stuff on YouTube. And there are also great debates with atheists countering some of these arguments. And, right. you know, I would say don't shy away from that either. Like, you can go listen to this stuff. But I would hope that this movie, if you did see it, or if there's a podcast <laughs> about it, has given you a distaste for the idea of apologetics and some of these arguments. I would hope that don't let it hinder you from trying to seek out some of this information. And again, I would love to answer questions. You know, if you do have questions about any of this stuff, but it is, here's that, what, that is, yeah, go ahead. Well, here's what we have been able to do. By doing this episode, we have collided two things that you absolutely love, Stephen, apologetics and terrible yes. movies. <laughs> and, by, and by combining them in this podcast, they it, become Captain listen, Planet. L- listeners, if you have any questions about things, all things God-related, Jesus-related, movie-related, Please send them to Stephen, and I, he will pass them on to me because we have literally found his Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christians, <laughs> now let me address you. All right, if, okay. If, People that aren't if, Christians, you guys can tune out now. No, no, no. I just want to say, if, if please don't hate us. Please. No, we, we really did. I'm going to break the fourth wall. I'm going to break Ooh. the fourth wall, Nate. <laughs> Let us let us say, we recorded an episode talking about this movie, and then we re-recorded basically another episode talking about this movie because we felt maybe we were a little too harsh. But to to mother's meatloaf recipe, <laughs> to we we bashed mama's meatloaf recipe way too much. But to be clear, it's only because we can and do talk about our faith and wrestle with these things in culture and this especially in today's climate when it comes to christianity it is an uphill battle to overcome maybe some of the stereotypes of christianity sure and when you see some of those stereotypes such as all atheists are evil like christians think all atheists are evil people <laughs> right that that kind of mentality that i think that this movie it like pushes that stereotype out there and again if you are an atheist seeing this movie you're like oh that's what you think of me oh yeah like i, I confirms don't my that. suspicions all right i don't don't want that i don't want that 
And so that is why I think it is important to talk about these movies from a critical perspective. And I honestly, I think when Nate suggested this, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And, I, and, I'm, and honestly, there's like three other God's Not Dead movies after this. But anyway, I, I hope you would hear that we want something like this, Christian art, to not only represent our faith well, but represent the desire for an excellent piece of work. When we say that art from the church world, from the Christian world, should be great, that's not a trite saying. Like you talk about Beethoven and Handel and Mozart, like all these dudes worked in churches, you know, right. like the churches where the Supporting music came the from. Supporting the arts and right, right, right. It was creativity and and faith were kind of hand in hand tied together in some way. Hand yes. in hand, right. And I think in this, in today's world, film and video with YouTube and all that, like it is important that we do take care and really think about what we put out there as a media, whether it's video, music, anything. And, and we really consider because someone will consume it. Someone who is not a Christian will consume this thing. And what they think about it will directly reflect what they think about Christianity. And that's where this kind of passion and drive to really dig into this comes from. So hopefully. I completely agree. Well, thank you. Hopefully that explains it. Anyway. Next week, we're going to talk about Robin Hood. <laughs> so, if this is too deep, we will lighten it up again next week. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do Nacho Libre as a palate cleanser. P.S. I've seen Robin Hood. And, boy, I'm going to be ready to go. All right, well, I'm excited. Well, listeners, next week, it will be Robin Hood. And we look forward to hearing from you at Movies on the Side, on social media, everywhere podcast at moviesontheside.com if you want to send us an email and uh, don't forget to check out Nate's uh, hoverboard video on our Instagram if you enjoy it